This is Stu Strauss, the Woodsman, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. Wowzers. Thank you so much, Stu Strauss, uh, who played the Woodsman in Twin Peaks. Thank you so much for stopping by and saying hi. Um, I just got to start off the episode. Thank you for listening to Inspirato Projecto, by the way. I got to start off the episode with this extraordinary uh, synchronicity about... Um, geez, let's see. So my, my, my friend Lisa, who I interviewed for Inspirato Projecto, who I met on TikTok at 209, by the way, today is 313, 2022. Um, right now it's 234. So, um, so, okay. So she sends to me at 209 PM. It's called the Mystic Martian Oracle. 40 full color cards, 128 page book. She goes, you need this Oracle deck. And I said, you know, it's so interesting. About 15 minutes ago, I just named my episode, uh, the episode that actually you are listening to right now, by the way. I just named my episode Oracle Orbs. I said, this is a sign. I got to get that deck for sure. Oracle Orbs. Um... Which is who you're going to be listening to after this fun fact by Henry D. Horst. By the way, Henry D. Horst is going to be contributing a wonderful fun fact. Laurel and Salvador, I met on TikTok. Phenomenal, phenomenal spirits. They had each been posting their videos of orbs. And I thought, okay, these two have got to know each other. So I connected one of them in someone's comment section. And then I started seeing that, you know, they were communicating with each other. They're liking each other's videos. And then one day I see on Laurel's TikTok, I see Sal playing violin. Sal is an extraordinary violinist. And there he is right there in her her kitchen, her living room, playing violin. And there are orbs flying around. And I thought, wait, what is going on here? And I realized, oh my gosh, these two extraordinary spirits have met up. So that's what brings me to today, to today's episode. Um, I wanted to interview them each about their experiences with orbs and what that was like to be in the midst of each other, in each other's company, and also see orbs at the same time. So that is what is coming up next. I cannot wait to share this with you. We also have a um, special mystery person call in. Um, and, oh, Nick Tears, by the way, from Mesmer and Braid. He uh, stops by to say hi. I also have attached the facepalm theme song by my by me, Kurt Eric Clendenin. And uh, you'll hear a whole slew of synchronicities and extraordinary stories concerning orbs and all kinds of paranormal happenings. I am so excited to share this with you. And uh, just say, I'll just say, strap on your crash helmet, buckle up, put on your body suit, get ready to, for, a, for a rocket launch. This is This is a good one. Thank you for listening to Inspirato Projecto. And by the way, if you want to be included 
On a future episode of Inspirato Projecto, you too can call the hotline, call the voicemail, just like just like our mystery guest did. Um, call the hotline, 561-203-9179. That is 561-203-9179. I promise you, you, you no one is going to pick it up. It's a voicemail, 561-203-9179. It also acts as a, um, a phone number for the Threadless online store that I have, Wisefinger Lab. You can visit that, wisefingerlab.threadless.com. So, um, yeah, it's also for that. But I really use it as a way for you to send me your dreams, send me your strange you know, characters, send me your th- fringe theories, anything you've come across. All right, let's get into the episode. Thank you. Here's your fun fact. Dogs are about as smart as a two or three year old child. This means they can understand about 150 to 200 words, including signals and hand movements with the same meaning as words. Stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts. Extraordinary. Hey, hello. Oh, hello. I love it. I love it. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Yep. Oh, very good. Very good. So Sal got an invite too, so he'll be popping on here in a second. Nice. Nice. This sounds really clear. Love it. Let's see. Hold on. Let's see. Yeah, it's just, uh, it, it's so exciting to know that, um, That it just it'll just this will record right there on the podcast. It's like this is one of the biggest reasons why I even started a podcast. For the longest time, my friends would say, "Oh, you, you should make a podcast," and I'm like, "I don't re- really even know the first place to even look for making a podcast." You know, and then one of my friends said, "Hey, try this Anchor app. It's like this brand new uh, podcast thing that's coming out." And as soon as I looked at that, I'm like, "Okay, this is great because this is like I don't I don't have to do a whole lot of crazy editing. I I could just." you know, record this as an archive for my future self to listen to, you know, and it'll just be sort of like my journal or my diary. And so then it just kept growing, you know, just interviews with people on the streets or in an Uber or something like that. And then I'm, and then I got the idea. I was like, I'm meeting all these extraordinary people on TikTok who've got stories, you know, that'll tell me stuff in the comment section, but they're not really talking too much about it in their own TikToks or even those who are talking about it in their TikToks. And I go, okay, Let's start interviewing these people. They're very dynamic. And so that's what led me to YouTube because I saw your orb videos and you're the only two that I've ever seen with orb videos. And it's interesting because during quarantine, I saw a documentary that's on Gaia all about the orbs. And so I was like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, this is great. Here are like this, these real life examples, these wonderful people I can talk to about this. So yeah, Laurel, you, I think your your videos were the first ones that I started seeing um, with the orb videos. And it's cool because it's kind of cryptic. Like you'll put those up there and it's just, there's, there's very little explanation as to what's going on. And then it, it takes the viewer a moment to realize what's going on. And then, and then you go, Oh my gosh, these are orbs that she has. This is like such a nonchalant video here, but, but these are orbs. I mean, this is like finding a lost city in the middle of a jungle somewhere. Um, 
I mean, what were, what was that like for you when you very first saw those orbs? Oh, wow. Uh, well, I'm here. Hold on. Oh, getting feedback. Hold on. Welcome to Inspirato Projecto Experimental Theater. <laughs> oh goodness. Ooh, wow. Maybe we'll open up another dimension. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That frequency. I hope that whoever's listening to this right now can measure that frequency and figure out what message came through to us uh, from the Star family. That would be wild, huh? Oh, my I, God. You were asking me. Oh my gosh, I can't hear her. Yeah, I don't know what happened. She just disappeared. Is she still in the same room with you? No, she's in a oh, different she, room. Oh, she's in oh, a different room. I'm, I'm gonna bring I wanna bring her back. Yeah, yeah, bring her back in. Let's see what happens. Amy, yeah. we need you back because he lost you. And I'm gonna take this on and put it on speaker. <laughs> All right, you want me to shut mine down? Uh, there we go. <laughs> Welcome to Interdimensional Theater. <laughs> I love it. Here we go. All right, we're All right. both on with you. We're okay, both okay. Here. See, these are the these are the see. This is the charm of this this podcast. It's the what do they call it? Cinema verite. It's like whatever's <laughs> happening right there. There you go, sealed, baby, sealed in there. <laughs> so the first time you ever saw the orbs, I mean, what? Where were you? I need to know all the details. Where were you? What's the environment? Take take us there. So I was here um, on quarantine, um, working from home, mm -hmm. and well, a lot of things had happened previous to this. Um, so you see, you, you'll probably see a dog in my. TikToks and it was it was very special I've had a lot of dogs I mean used to have Rottweilers um train I used to train train the dogs um all this sort of thing but this guy was a little bit different than any I don't even feel right calling him an animal um he had passed away so I was going through his quarantine my best buddy, you know, mm. over. Um, and I was seeing actually my mentor. Um, she's like a psychic mentor. And I saw one of her videos where she's just sitting there in her living room and she's, there's these orbs and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? So in sitting down and talking to her, she was telling me, oh yeah, they're around everywhere. And she says, all you have to do is throw your phone on and make sure the flash is on and they'll be there and they are more attracted to laughter than than um depression whoa 
So if you're having a good time, if you're laughing a lot, um, and you're in a very jovial mood, they'll come around. If Whoa! That you're probably not going to see them because they do not, they're repelled by the negative energy. Is Incredible. So if you get yourself laughing, put your camera on. If you're watching a comedy on TV, what have you, throw your camera on. Wow. Turn your flash on. And you'll probably see them because they are so attracted to that. They 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 love that energy. Oh so- my gosh, you're giving me an idea right now because I met these folks at a at a parade a long time ago, and they were called Laughing Yoga. And these and- people, they were just laughing, laughing, laughing up a storm, just laughing. And I'm like, this is amazing. And I realized that they were a group of people who'd get together, and they would just laugh and laugh till they almost wet their pants. Like they would just meet up, and it was this <laughs> form of therapy where it would like they're tight, their muscles were getting a workout. They were because you know sometimes when you have those belly, those gut busters, and you're like, oh my gosh, my stomach hurts from laughing, and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've done 50 sit-ups right now. And it's that kind of thing where they they just laugh and laugh. So now I'm thinking as you're telling me how cool that would be. Is if you had some people there and you do an experiment and you go, okay, all right, orbs, come on in. Here we go. Let's let's supercharge this. That would and be kind of fun. Yeah, you're gonna get a room full. You'll I, I guarantee you, you're gonna get just bombarded with with orbs everywhere if you do that. Absolutely. Um but yeah, during this time period, you know, I was trying to, I guess you know, make myself feel better. You know, I just lost mm-hmm. my best buddy and I had taken the advice from my mentor and I was watching some kind of crazy short video. I think it was off of Facebook that one of my friends had posted. It was just hilarious. And I started laughing. And in that moment I was like, Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me turn my camera. On. Wow. Oh, and, so cool. And the first video I think that you see in my TikTok was that moment. That was the first orb that I had ever seen. And I was like, oh, my God, she wasn't kidding. And then I just started constantly filming. And then being where I, you know, in my my home here in the past, you know, listening to cabinet doors open and close. I was like, you know, this is a great opportunity. So I'm going to start filming all the time. And wow. The thing, they're all over the place. They're sh- they shoot around. They're like, "Hey, how you doing?" Ooh, I'm just <laughs> Woo! Wee! That is great. And um, and sometimes there's the house is just full of them. Whoa! And when that happens, it was. I could give you an instance, and it was I remember this one um, because I did film it, and it is there on TikTok. Um, the whole house was just a bunch of bubble, like bubbles, like it almost felt like you're underwater, you know, because the air was so full of them. And it was like my mom's, my mom's birthday or Thanksgiving. Cause they fall. Sometimes they fall on the same day. Um, but yeah, I was feeling real anxious that, and I, and I wasn't upset about anything, but I was feeling really anxious. So then I turned the camera on and lo and behold, the house is just full of them. So real quick, as a side note, is your mom's birthday November 24th by any chance? The 26th. 
Oh my God, mine's the twenty fourth. When you said it's either Thanksgiving or her birthday, that has that's been happening to me throughout all the years too. So I thought that was I had to take yeah. note of that synchronicity because it was just too yeah. I, it was something I could not ignore. So uh, okay, so you so when you saw all those orbs floating by when they came through and you looked said they looked like bubbles, were you like were you laughing at the time? I I wanna I wanna find out what these elements are to the equation that 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 kind of jump starts them into your into your uh, reality paradigm. Oh, I was just like, oh, oh my God, look at this. Look at this. And I was like, mom, look at this. And she's looking through the, the phone. My gosh. Looking at him and I, and she's like, oh my, wow. And I just kept filming and filming. Um, it was just like an, oh my God, look at this. Like I'm floored. Like, look at all, the, look, look at all these <laughs> dudes and dudettes i don't know yeah they're flying around imagine like a macro lens with i mean that would be so crazy if someone were to do something like that and they had a macro lens and you're able to like see the little faces in these things or you know oh, or little yeah. tiny beings and ships i mean what if those little orbs are like their own little starship i mean that could be an, uh, interesting in itself they could be little ghosts they could be little tiny extraterrestrials unto themselves i mean my gosh how crazy is that they could be eyeballs <laughs> peering in from other dimensions i mean oh, i mean it's amazing to think that you've grown this relationship with them and that they feel this sense of you know security around you now what's what are your mom's thoughts about these kinds of things i mean are these a surprise to her are these things that she's seen in her life before um, cause that's always interesting when someone, uh, you know, when you get a, a friend or family member who then can kind of share in that kind of experience with you. Um, yeah, she, she was, uh, like at first she was freaked out. She's like, I don't know about this, you know, she's like, and, and then she's used to the fact, cause I'm always floating around here watching them, you know, and she's like, Oh, did you get any orbs? Let me see. Let me I see. love it. Oh, that's great. At first she was kind of freaked out by it i gotta say um and then as time has passed she's gotten used to the idea that they're here and they're always going to be here um and they're in our environment just nine times out of ten we don't see them with the naked eye oh my um, gosh but yeah yeah they're the precursors to them are either anxiety or for me anyway, anxiety or that hot, super duper high pitch. And wow. And that high pitch and I turned the, the phone on, boom, there it is. There's one zipping, the, you know. Just a flop. And the... And the, yeah, the, and then when they hit the wall, you can hear them hit the wall. Really? Yeah, so have you ever gotten, for what? me. Yeah, so have you ever gotten like a wasp in your house or a yeah. bee and you know yeah. how they they clink off the wall? Yeah. That's what they sound like. Oh and my it, gosh. And the more juice they have behind them, that <laughs> little clink, That's that little crazy. clink turn into a thwop. Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be interesting? You put like one of those high-powered microphones right up there next to the wall so you could catch the sounds of these little things. Oh, oh my god, imagine if you slowed them down and reversed them and they're they're saying stuff. When I'm on the phone with Sal, I can hear them. What? And I'm like, there goes another one, and he oh. hears them too. And his, it, over at his place, they go thwop, thwop. It's like something smacking, like if you threw a pancake at the wall. Oh That's what my! Like. Oh my Throw gosh! Throw a pancake up against the wall, and there's the sound of an orb going through the wall. Oh, man, this is so exciting! The fact that this is just so commonplace for you. 
Now, Sal, I got to know, when was the first time that you saw the orbs? Oh, my gosh. Um, I didn't know what I was seeing, actually, the first time. And I was asking my host at the at the time when he was alive. Um, he was actually um, a very um, conservative and retiring type, although his mindset was not conservative. He just was more of a recluse. And he would guest me from time to time at his house. And once I was videoing his uh, artwork, because he painted, was a gifted artist. And this one painting that I was recording, I didn't realize it looked like a, 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 a scene in the cosmos of, of multiple celestial objects, you know, spherical. But I, at the time, I didn't, I didn't put them together as orb activity. But the painting is actually that. And while I was recording, I would see these things get in the way of, of the camera. And so I'm, I'm saying to him while I'm recording, I go, Steve, do you have insects in here? Are there bugs? And he's like, no. And then, and this is broad daylight with the flash off. And I'm looking back and I'm like, and thinking at the moment, I go, are these? And he goes, yes, Sal, they are orbs. And I'm like, whoa, oh. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Wow. So he was totally familiar with these things. And that was your very first encounter. And he must have been getting a chuckle out of the fact that you're like, you're over there and he's just waiting for you to say something about it. You know, like, yes, those, those are orbs. Oh, my God. That is so funny. It's so funny. So, uh, OK, when you first saw those orbs there and that was at his place, right? Yes. So when yes. was the first time? So that must have been astonishing. Then the first time you saw them within your own space, wherever you were at next, where were you at next? Um, well, that time was, it's sp funny, it's almost concurrent with what Laurel was experiencing it's around 2020. And uh, even though I had knowledge and had prior experience with like fairy entities and, uh, and ET um, appearances or like craft, uh, <clears throat> I didn't put together that they're interrelated, this phenomena, this interdimensional phenomena, this uh, extraterrestrial phenomena, this extra dimensional phenomena. Uh, I, I kept them separate because I was still just having a hard time processing and compartmentalizing because that's what we do as humans. We, and especially as being a Virgo, you know, our motto, our quote is like, I analyze it, but I was having trouble. Mm. Um, putting it all in a box because this is something that you have to be thinking out of the box for. And even with my so-called illumined, you know, or open mind, I was still having issues because it was challenging my concepts and my perceptions of reality. It's interesting, even though, and I want to dive down the rabbit holes on these things too, because you just casually mentioned them. Um, wow. It, even though someone comes across, you know, let's say paranormal activities or cryptid sightings or something, there always seems to be waiting just right around the corner, something that they have totally no explanation for that they've never come across. And even they are still that skeptic, even though they may have come across many, many different other things in their lives. And I always find that that aspect 
you know, fascinating to me. I always find that aspect very fascinating. Now, you you said um, you have had ET activity in the past. Yes, um, as far back as um, the nineties, nineteen nineties. Whoa! What was your first occurrence? Well, from what I can recall, and it's so funny because as clear as it is in my mind's eye, it it causes me to reflect back even farther that perhaps what I was experiencing, like say as a child, was not some like story time, fairy tale type of experience where it's just hard to uh, comprehend or or put in as like a real time 3D, 4D experience, but it was perhaps extraterrestrial or extra dimensional or interdimensional or multiversal, you know, or omniversal. I, it's those <laughs> words, you know, even though I'm kind of like, I got a kind of a little bit of a handle on them as far as our perceptions of space time go, I'm not so sure if they're. And maybe they are. They're all interrelated. That, like we were talking about earlier, what um, in conversation about the Easter egg. Ah, is it, yes. Is our higher self calling to us from within or, or from afar? And is that time and space, even though it seems like the past, is that still related to what's going on right now? And how far go do we go back, or how forward do we go back, or how far within do we go? that rabbit hole it's like it's more like a wormhole that's traversing or uh, going beyond the idea of geography and or um, actual um, space it is because you know like with Dolores Cannon with her interviews with uh, Nostradamus through the QHHT sessions one of the things he was talking about was that he's explaining Dolores saying look I'm not in the past. You're not in the future. We're both existing right now at the same time. And that was the first time that Dolores had ever come across this whole idea of parallel universes and the fact that past lives are actually current lives and future lives are actually current lives. You know, that it all happens in the now. And it's such a crazy thing to wrap your brain around. But um, I guess if you kind of look at it as the layers of a sandwich, like, okay, here's the cheese layer. Here's the you know ham layer, ba -ba 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 -ba, and so, et cetera, and so forth. There's some lettuce. Um, and it's all concurring at the same time. So that is kind of an interesting thing, like to think about, OK, your past self, your young, you know, young, young Sal running around. And all of a sudden, this version of Sal decides to play a little prank on him and put, put this floating hand or what? What was the thing you said earlier? You said it was a face on a hand or what did you say? Yes. Yes. Good. Very great. Uh, you're, you, have, nice. you seem like you have total recall. I wanted to say way before anything I answered. Uh, uh, I was so impressed with your TikToks, especially your impersonations of Elvis. Even though I'm like, I don't know anything about yeah. <laughs> and Jack Nicholson. I was like, lady to this guy? Or, or it's like, what's going on? Dude? He's like on all these different, doing these impressions. And then he's like in this band called Yachtly Crew. And I'm like, this is strange connection. Weird, weird ass connection. Pardon my <laughs> because this, this is here. I'm gonna. I'm. I digress. And please, reel me in when I've gone way too far. But <laughs> when you told, when I found out about Yachtly Crew, okay, I'm working with this uh, singer songwriter on the West Coast, 
And um, I'm not going to mention any names, but his father-in-law is actually the singer for Motley Crue. Oh, my and, God. I love it. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm going to have to share this with him at some point in time because the connections are like less than six degrees now. It's I just, love it. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. That's astounding. Well, what's so funny is the guy who took our photos for some earlier shots, his name is Dustin Jack. He is friends with Nikki Six and the gang and he was um doing a lot of uh well he does all their photos for stuff and Dustin was actually mm -hmm. there he's shown us behind the scene footage with these guys laying down some tracks for the uh this was before the movie The Dirt came out right. and right. these guys were doing a few original songs um well they also did a cover of Like a Virgin but that was what they were recording at the time so he was showing us the, this behind the scenes footage with Nikki and they're you know at, at, doing what he's doing and Tommy's doing what he's doing and I just thought, wow, that's so crazy that here we are this close. And you know what's so funny is that Tommy Lee actually wore a Yachtly Crew t-shirt on yeah. his Instagram, but it was spelled <laughs> differently. It was not spelled like ours. It was spelled more, more like Motley, you know, the Motley Crew. So it was just like Y-A-C-H-T-L-Y and then C-R-U-E. And it had like the umlauts. But I, I was just like, I can't believe it. It's like, does he realize that we exist or is he just saying that? Or I wonder. But, Oh, you never know. You never know what's going on out there. Oh, my God. But it's funny because, you know, through TikToks, you get to learn people's personality and then you, 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 you get to really see what kind of world is going on in their brain. And so I appreciate the fact that you followed the breadcrumb trail and decided to see what other kind of strange um, things that maybe I was connected to. And uh, I cannot wait for Yachtly Crew to play out near you guys so I can get you on the guest list and hang out with you and interview you again in person because it's just all like i i imagine the outly crew shows is like a couple of things one like a traveling circus number two um it's like a utopian a traveling utopian society because all the people who are there they're there for the love songs they're there to just chill out hang out party have a good time sing out loud with each other and and it's great and the bars love us because all these people love to drink but they're all good drunks they're all good people and then the bartenders go home rich uh because they got all these tips you know so it's like wow you know it's just like okay everybody feel good you know and so i can't wait to um for us to play out near you oh, too we'll be there we'll be we'll be there um here's a funny thing though and this is not so much a breadcrumb or is, is this i'm gonna just lay it out there straight out i don't care about Men in Black or whatever, because they're they're welcome too. Um, when you guys were in Morro Bay, and I chimed in, I'm like, yeah, that's where I grew up. I did grow up in Morro Bay, and when I saw your sax player and playing Careless Whispers, oh yeah, it made, yeah, it made me think about there's the hot sexy sax guy on YouTube because a friend of mine turned me on to him because he would play anywhere like in laundromats. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you know about him. Okay. Yeah. He had like the long hair and the mustache yeah. and the glasses, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And so I was like, this is just too much. So uh, you're in Morro Bay. You got your sax player playing on the Embarcadero. And I'm like, okay, this is just too coincidental. Oh know? my gosh. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. That is so incredible that you grew up there on Morro Bay. And there's another woman. There's a woman that I met on, on TikTok who always does like sun sunrises and sunsets and, and it just puts awesome music behind it. And this woman, Holly Tucker, uh, who who uh, that's her channel, she 
she commented on uh, Paulie Shores, uh, as we call him, uh, playing his saxophone out there. She's like, I live in Morro Bay. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, that's crazy. So all the sunrises and all those sunsets were from Morro Bay. And I had no idea. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Next time we're in town, I got to make sure that I got to get you into that show. Because uh, so it's amazing the way that these connections just keep, you know, they just keep reaffirming themselves. And it's just, man, it's just so exciting. These little nuggets of life. Oh, man. I Yeah, I got to ask. I mean, some of these pod or some of these TikToks that you create, the um, the um, actor impressions. I mean, are you an actor as well? <laughs> yes, yes. The Black Pumpkin. Yes, yes. Black Pumpkin and The Legend of Fall Creek. And uh, I did a retro sci-fi called Max Neptune and the Menacing Squid. That was like inspired by Commando Cody and Flash Gordon. And oh, that was so much fun to fly a rocket ship. But yeah, I, I do. Act, I've always loved different voices. I've always loved um, accents and dialects and just impersonating people. And um, when I saw that, there was this app that I, I came across called Impressions. And it had a bunch of these different faces. And I thought, oh, my God, I could do impressions of these guys. Let me just glue their face onto my face and make it even more, you know, <laughs> more official. And I couldn't believe there's a Jack Nicholson in there. I couldn't believe there's a Christopher Walken. There was a John Travolta. Oh, my God. I was so excited to find those. <laughs> okay. So it checks out. I, I was just wondering how he, you managed to accomplish because there's yeah. just a couple the jack one i was i was like man that's insane <laughs> yeah you're like what how did he morph his face to look like that <laughs> yeah but then i wouldn't put it past your uh, ability because oh my god the, the elvis one is like oh that one's spot great. on oh my god oh my god great yeah. i love elvis well, thank you for that. I love that. You know, it's so funny because you find yourself creating things and you just and you don't really know sometimes how the um, how the aftershocks are, you know, how it how it reverberates out there in the world. So <laughs> I'm just excited. I'm excited to hear you talk about those so that now it inspires me to make some more of those. Well, um, I kind of feel like you're 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 in your own way. I mean, I resonate with it because the the channeling of people who might have gone on if he is at all gone he's never gone i guess because he lives in our hearts uh elvis or whoever i mean then then you, you're like you're posting or reposting stuff from dolores cannon who i only knew about from like the late 90s and then bashar aka daryl anka yes. all that stuff is so relevant right now and we share Laurel and I will 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 share stuff back and forth via TikTok, or we'll just talk about it, and then the next thing you know, it it's either we're we're taking the words out of each other's minds, oh, wow. or, um, or there there'll be just these synchronicities ad infinitum that are um, confirming you know what you've been just mentioning how there's this connection that has always been. Yeah. And like, here we are awakening to this idea that here we all have, you know, if we play with that idea that we, the, the, the three of us have made that soul contract going, we're going to find each other. We're going to find each other. You know, we're going to go down there. We're going to play these, these earthling characters and we're going to find each other. And the way we're going to do it is 
you know, you'll be very surprised. You'll be very surprised, but you'll know it when you see it. (laughs) And I just feel like that's kind of what's happening right now, where it's like we're awakening to this fact of like, okay, we found another one. We found another one. And, you know, that ease of language that you can have with people where you're talking about synchronicities and stuff like that. And they're not going, uh, Cinco, what? What are you talking about? But it's a very natural language for them. It's a very natural, you know, where they just get as excited about the synchronicities as you do. And then you can kind of go go through them together as like detectives and go, ooh, okay, what was I thinking about? Or was what, what song was I listening to or something when this synchronicity happened? You know, and then you can find those little pinpoints and what was going on at that time and what those symbolize and then how that symbolizes with the other person's synchronicities. And then you're just like, Whoa, look at all of these little morsels <laughs> yeah. that we have left for each other. Our future selves have gone. Bloop, 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 bloop. I was talking with Sal the other day about um, spirit and fractals. Oh, so it was kind of like a download that, that I had, um, we were on the phone with one another and I don't really recall a lot of it because it was more oracular I guess and it was very like three 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 ish in the morning it was three ish in the morning so if I let myself get really super like exhausted let's say and I stay up it's like I go into this mode of yeah um but I was telling him about soul and source, and you know we're all the same. We're all the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're all we're all just um, small pieces of source, right? So right. this download stated that we exchange fractals. Ooh, I love that. that. So I, you can see the fractals in like some of the orb shots that I do have up there on TikTok. If you look closely, you'll see fractals, what they call fractals. And oh, I love it. Oddball shapes, right? So a spirit was saying to me that, you know, when we, we come we come into this physical form, we carry fractals of other, other uh, souls. So you're not just you. You've, you're, you're like a multiplex of, of other souls more so than not so you're sharing these fractals which is basically like bits of information aha and i was telling sal about this and like i said i don't recall everything that i said but that's like the the nuance of it i guess the the of the whole thing i love that I love that. And I believe that's what Bashar talks about is the oversoul. He was talking about how dolphin, he says that whales, he's like, if we were to look at as a sim- symbolic representation of how the oversoul is, he says the whales are a symbolic representation of the oversoul. And then the dolphins are the, are those aspects of the, of the oversoul. And so this kind of reminds me of what you're saying is <clears throat> that there's sort of like, you know, we're all part of kind of like, I'm getting images of like Voltron or, um, you know, Power Rangers or something. It's like, okay, this person is this arm of the robot. That person is this leg of the robot. They all come together and they create the same, the same robot. Um, it's it's kind of like what tumultuous you, you follow tumultuous. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's kind of like what he used to say. All right, fellow tentacles. That's it, right. You visualize tentacles. I always picture like this big giant, like just to break it down simplistically, like a, 
one giant circle. If you're drawing a diagram on a pa piece of paper, and then you, you got all these, literally all these little tentacles, these little strings, and then a little orb on the end of that and a little orb on the end of this. And wow. so it looks like a million legged octopus or something like that. That's, that's the idea is we're just all small pieces of, of source. And we exchange, we have exchanged information over millennia of being whatever, what we, what we were, if we were off planet, if we were a stone, if we were a tree, if we were a leaf, if we were insect. So we've got these small fragments of these other things too, that we share. And I think that kind of delves into your deja vu because all that becomes part of your DNA. Gosh, that stuff, it like, it fascinates me so much when you think about that, like how with Dolores Cannon, when she takes people through their QHHT and they find out, oh, what, why do I always have these migraines all the time? And then take, she takes them back to a past life where maybe they're bludgeoned to death, you know, in some medieval uh, farm oh, or something. So, oh, here we go. Here we go. All of a sudden, then it's like, oh, okay, well, let's, okay, now you can leave this person alone. Okay, go ahead. And now you don't have to give migraines anymore. And then the person you know, they wake up out of it. No, no more migraines. What, what were you going to say about that? Oh, so uh, in speaking with, um, you know, a fellow uh, psychic um, found out I lived in Germania mm. back in the day when the Romans invaded. Right. And I ha have ongoing, not so much anymore. Um, this pain that's in my left shoulder and my left shoulder gets locked up locked up oh i have you know i go to a chiropractor resolve it it comes back if i get really stressed out it comes on and my you know it's hard to move that arm it's like a pain between my neck and it's the muscles are all cinched up knotted up into a wad right what and come to find out I was killed by a Roman soldier. Oh my gosh. And he about, he came down with a blow on the left shoulder between the neck and the arm. Oh and boy. And practically took my arm off, but that's oh how I died. Boy. That is how I died. And so my soul took that information. It's always, you know, coming into this lifetime. It was a, re it's a remembrance that's, like I said, the fractal of that lifetime being that Germanic soldier and the way that I did it. After having that resolution of that's what happened, that's when that pain like subsided more or less. And Whoa. I don't anymore Whoa. because I, now I know what happened. Oh my gosh. And I also left, a, I guess, a wife and um, some small children behind. That holy happened. cow that's yeah. incredible yep so a roman soldier brought me to my demise mm. <laughs> Almost many hundreds of years ago thousands oh, incredible see this is stuff that you know we ought to pay attention to i just think that like holy cow if you had a whole you know let's say a council of these kinds of you know these kinds of wise 
wise minded people, whether it be shaman, whether it be, you know, those who channel, whether people who help out with uh, past life regressions and you get to the bottom and you get to the roots of these things. You find the commonalities between these. You throw in some, you know, a bunch of clairvoyance and you get people to whittle down those golden nuggets of like, okay, this is this is what's good for. This is what's good for our town, for instance. And, you know, through through these various extraterrestrials that have talked to this person and the 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 ancient uh, Indian chief that this person channeled and and, and the, uh, you know, and the uh, whatever the, the ghost that this person talked to on peyote or whatever, based on those <laughs> spirit guides, we are going to move forward with this thing. And, um, and I think, boy, that would be pretty cool because it would come from a place of authenticity um, a, a place of all for one and one for all. At least that's what I'm thinking. As I'm talking to you, I was watching. I just watched an orb just go whoop. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god, I love it. It's like the orbs are hanging out. They're like, hey, what, 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 what else are they talking about? What else is going on? So, yeah. so what was the what was the earliest? Like, how old were you when you first started noticing any sort of par- paranormal activity? Oh wow, I was like um, five, six years old. What's that? How about your memory of coming into this? Oh, God. Okay. You have memory of being born? I remember. No, before that. Whoa. So I would, when there's a certain smell in the air, there's a certain smell. And I guess it's like the smell of ozone, but it's when the air has got this sweetness to it. It's like crisp. Yes. And so probably 20 years ago I started noticing this it's like it, I just had this memory of I was born out in San Bernardino California so and I, I just have a recollection of coming coming down over the city it was still dark out and I'm like coming in I'm coming in like right in it's nighttime I see the city lights I smell the smell in the air and feel the wind. All right. That was the moment. Either the day I was born or a few days prior, a few days before. Um, Incredible. But I just, that when the wind blows just right and that smells in the air, I had this memory that didn't have a basis for so long. Wow. I know what it is now. I have this, total knowing of what that was and i mean i'm just coming in like a comet and then i i remember just kind of like stopping in the and it was see i was born in january um san bernardino environment and sal tells me about the santa Ana winds at that time i i think are happening i don't know but i just remember feeling the wind smelling the wind and it has to be a certain it, certain temperature, certain wind tone out, so to speak, the smell, all that has to be right. And it activates that memory of coming in. I mean, I'm coming in hot. Wow, that's incredible. So like and, the smell of like after it rains, that kind of smell? No, it's not after it rains. It's like when the sun's out and the sky is like, blue and it's clear clear, and the air is crisp and you smell that smell of ozone if you know what ozone smells like yeah it's like it's that and i just remember for a few moments in this 
memory of just stopping and looking at the city and at the at the ocean and then boom and then i remember no more but i remember coming in just just and that was right before i was born within days or hours i don't know what the time was but i could tell you that's what that that is that's incredible so that'd be my first memory um is before before birth that split second maybe it was hours who knows you know the way time is is and is not um and Mm. then being like maybe five or six and seeing an apparition in my room and it was just this bright glowing light and my grandmother might see my dad would go away um he was in the navy and he'd have to go to spain a lot for he when he was finally in the reserves and he'd go for two weeks of active duty he'd he'd usually go to spain so he was gone to spain and so my grandmother would sleep in our room with us while he was away and we were both up and it was like three or four o'clock in the morning it was super late um, and all of a sudden this glow started in the corner of the room and it got oblong and it was my aunt Alice that had passed away at a very young age. She was only 27. She had juvenile diabetes and back in the day, they really didn't have the care that they have now for um, diabetes of that nature, which is type one, but she was like a saint. She was the sweetest person and I never got to know her. Um, but my grandmother was like, that's my, that's my sister. It was her younger sister. Wow. But I, we saw her in this long, it was like, she was surrounded. It was just the brightest light. At first I thought it was a car and my grandmother thought it was a car pulling in the driveway and the light was shining through the windows. And here's my grandmother at the time. And she's looking out the window and there's no cars. There's no headlights. And we're just sitting there and my sister was asleep next to me in our bed, you know. Oh my gosh. And we're me and my grandma are just up and she's like, Do you see this? And I'm like, Yeah, 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 I see this. Whoa. Whoa. I see it, I see it. Whoa. And, and then it just kind of vanished, it faded out. But it was oblong, it was bright light, and it was her face in the in there and in, in her, her whole being just saying hi because that room that we were in was her room while she was still alive and my grandmother was taking care of her. Whoa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the first instance I remember seeing otherworldly phenomena. Um, was about five ish, six ish, something like that. I'm getting images of Glenda, the good witch inside the bubble in a wizard of Oz, you know, she's like, and she just yeah. like you know, gracefully floats down in the bubble. I'm kind of imagining, um, yeah. kind of like your aunt, like that, like this, <gasps> just this huge yeah. bright light, and she's just in this, this little globe. Wow, that's so interesting. Now, so Sal, when how how old were you? So okay, so when you started seeing these, um, I just love hearing these parallels between you two as you're growing up and and the different things that are going on in your lives, you know, paranormal wise, um. It's just intriguing to me to find these similarities and stuff, these connections. Sal, when you were growing up, um, what, in addition to the, to, well, first of all, I got to know, how many times did you see the face on the hand? 
Oh, um, that was when I was like four or five years old, maybe four. And that was one evening I used to like crawl out of bed when my dad would come home from work and he'd turn on the television. I would crawl out of bed and crawl on the carpet and sneak into the front room and, and hide behind the couch and watch TV. While he was watching TV. <laughs> I love it. And that sometimes that I would be spotted or noticed. And oh then my God. And then they'd pick me up and put me back. In bed. <laughs> I love it. I love your hiding back there behind the couch. Oh my God. Um, this one time that it happened and I, and this, being or entity i don't know what it was my the way my mind processed it was it was a hand with the face it was a white hand with the face on it and it was tapping me on the shoulder and i'd look i'd look behind me and see this hand and then i'd pretend to ignore it but (laughs) i was kind of a little bit disturbed by the by the experience and then i and then i'd feel this tapping on my shoulder again i'd look back and see this hand so it was several times during that no, I, and and the rest I can't remember. It, was, it just it the, it might have been a screen memory. It could have been an abduction experience. I don't know. It was it was real because I to this day, it was it's it's clear in my mind's eye that something happened. And it was more than just a dream state because I was actively crawling on the floor while I was in the midst of going to watch television with my oh dad. Oh my gosh, in the hand. So what do you remember the face? What What's the closest thing that you could say that the face looked like? The um, Remember in Whitley Strieber's uh, movie or the book Communion? Yes. Um, there was a sequence where he was seeing a jack-in-the-box oh. coming towards him. Oh my God. And, I gotta watch it again. Yeah, uh, the, the face is kind of reminiscent of that experience. It was Whoa. so real. It was like it was like a play toy kind of like face, like something you'd see on uh, Mr. Potato Head, but but even more vivid, more lifelike. Oh, but still has this kind of like surreal, Dali esque kind of you know. Um, it wasn't a painting, but it but that the way the imagery kind of distorts the hand the face being in the hand in the palm region with the eyes and the nose oh, and wow. the mouth but the hand was white so i it's it's just it's all kind of getting mixed up as I far mean, as this is imagery. interesting so was was it fl- like floating there did it look like it was attached to something did it yes, yes. A very floating like, and there's another scene or passage in the movie Communion where he's seeing the face. He at the very end, he's holding up his hand, or he's he's seeing he's oh yes, he's cradling it with his hands in this last scene. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Oh, he's cradling this image in his hand of the of the insectoid face, alien face, and. And I'm like, I, I recall this. I, I, I totally resonate with this scene. There were so many triggers in that movie. Whoa. And the strange thing about that, when I was a uh, younger lad in my late 20s, I used to be a garbage man. And I found this book in the garbage. And it was called 
War Day, and it was written by a man named Whitley Strieber. And I read the book with great interest because it was about the day after, like when there, there actually was a nuclear war in the United States. And I don't want to trigger anybody because of what's going on right now in Ukraine. But there was this war. I read the, the book. I didn't put it two and two together at all because it wasn't until later one of my coworkers came up and said to me, Sal, I understand you're into like ETs. And I'm like, how did you know? And he goes, well, how did you how did you know that I knew? And I'm like, I don't know anything, Greg. <laughs> and he was like, look at the goosebumps on my arms. I'm like, okay. And then he, and then for some strange reason, I went to this video store and rented communion. And then I put two and two together. I'm like, wait, this guy Whitley. Wow. Books. And now I'm looking at his movie. And then I read the book communion. And I'm like, okay, this guy. And then he also did the, the hunger, which I have not read, but I think David Bowie started that one. Wow. What a cool chain of events, the way that it led you down this down this rabbit hole here. Oh, it gets weirder. But but that um <laughs> it's uh, it, yeah, it's it that was in the 90s and that was like I've had I had a couple of sightings and or experiences with like something what? that was probably extraterrestrial. I don't know. I just saw what I saw. Well, and I was very much into magnets. Um you know, Laurel was mentioning earlier about how the fractals and the DNA and this like law of attraction occurs. And I'm like, at the time in the 90s, consumed, obsessed with magnets and free energy machines and so forth and so on. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. There's, there is something to this world because it's dualistic in nature. There's a positive or negative. There's a, there's a push and there's a pull. And they're all the same force. It's just what your perspective, how you're looking at it from what side of the world you are, the the toilet flushes the way it's gonna flush, right? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so anyway, not to make a long story longer, but I am. Uh, the that whole experience is like it's moving towards like here we are talking um, amongst ourselves via TikTok, which, you know, now I'm finally reconciled. What's this whole bugaboo about? And I, I hope I didn't say anything politically incorrect, but this whole buzz about AI being this nasty, evil thing, I'm fighting it to be kind of like a more of an ally because how, like Bashar says, you know, we it's how we're going to make that experience that really determines the reality of that experience. Well, <clears throat> what's interesting too, is I remember another Bashar conversation, he was talking about people were asking about AI and he said something to the effect of when AI becomes conscious of itself, the moment that that happens is basically equivalent to our higher mind. Uh, how should I put it? Um, it's the equivalent of the higher mind wake you know waking up within us so to speak it's it's like the, it goes hand in hand with that and so um he was he was saying it was kind of like an ascension kind of process now it's crazy because with stuff like we've always heard about hackers and stuff like that it's like that's what's so strange to me is you know i know 
all kinds of like I remember saw I saw a video where a guy had like a microchip in his in his neck or head or something. He was able to just open up his office door. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, I'll just turn on the computer. Oh, I'll just turn on the lamp. And I'm going, okay, well, that's neat. However, if I was a mischievous hacker dude, you know, if if I was a mischievous hacker dude, I'd fi- I'd probably find out a way to try to control. Like, how can I control that control that person like a puppet? You know, if I had evil intentions, like, oh, how can I move that person around, make them break dance on the, you know, in front of their in front of their office <laughs> colleague? You know? <laughs> you know, you that one section in THX eleven thirty eight, right, where right. They, they go to his head and they they keep changing thing, and then the, the two guys are like, "Don't let it get above six point seven. And the guy's Robert Duvall's like he's like watching his hand flail away. And, and... <laughs> <laughs> there it is. George Lucas was a prophet. He knew what would happen. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. I've had two dreams of uh, George Lucas driving, careening down a, a, a wooden boardwalk in Northern California. And then another Whoa. time, I, I, I was like soul traveling or I don't I like to call it flying. And I ended up in this place in Wyoming. I thought I was trying to get myself out of this canyon. I kept on coming up, up these sheer mountain cliffs. And then finally... I ended up in this one region and then there's this like facility in the middle of nowhere. And then I see it's George Lucas and their friends and they, they realized they saw me eavesdropping or oh. actually peering in like remote viewing. Whoa. It's like that. And they were kind of like knew that I was there and I'm like, this is just a dream, right? Whoa. Yeah. yeah but the George, Lu- Oh, here, here's the other funny little quinkadig. Uh, a, a friend of mine who writes uh, music for, television and film uh, one of the uh, shows that he did work for and received an award for actually for doing the music was uh, Cartoon Network's uh, The Regular Show and one of the lead characters is an immortal yeti named Skips and he's played by one Mark Hamill oh cool because Mark does lots of voiceover stuff so there's my George Lucas connection in a in like uh, it's 32 degrees uh, of separation. <laughs> so, it's not be so long-winded, but you know, it, I think you know it's, it, you gave us a platform, and we so appreciate you inviting us on. Uh, well, I think it's awesome. You talk about George Lucas careening down the down the wait. You say you saw him careening down the highway in a in he a car. He was driving this like spinner van, and we were in the back, and we we're wondering what is going on. Why is he driving so crazily? Well, that what's in it's funny yeah. you're saying that because there's a story with David Lynch who George Lucas picked him up in a car because George uh, George Lucas wanted David Lynch to direct. You probably know this, but he wanted yeah. David Lynch to direct Return of the Jedi. Can you imagine how crazy oh, that would be? Wow. Like, oh, my God. But he but people were begging him to do Dune at the time. So um, so he chose Dune over Return of the Jedi. But um, oh, but wow. while George Lucas is trying to, you know, butter him up for for, for this whole thing. He's talking to Dave Lynch about the, you know, the Ewoks and the, and the, and the, you know, and all these different creatures and the speeder bikes and all this. And, and the same thing, it's like George Lucas was speeding around through the mountains with David Lynch. So it's funny that you happen to have that, that uh, dream of, of him speeding, speeding along in his car. So apparently there's something to that. That was a real account. You just told. Yeah. Yeah. That was a real account. That was a real account. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. So George Lucas, he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, uh, David Lynch is like, George picked me up in his little car, and we were driving through the mountains. He drives very <laughs> fast. 
And he's telling me about these little Ewoks. And I say, George, George, I don't think I'm the man for the job. I mean, Ewoks and things on different planets. I don't know, George. And George is going, no, I think you're perfect for the role, David. And he's and he's speeding around the corners. And I always get anxious in speeding cars. Oh, my God. It was so funny to hear him talking about that. So it's funny uh, to hear you talk about seeing fast George, George Lucas driving fast. I see that I, I this kind of checks out, but then I, I'm like, why am I? Well, here's the thing about George Lucas. This is very interesting. In Preston Nichols' book, The Music of Time, now Preston Nichols uh, is a uh, an accredited uh, electronics engineer and also is in the book, as he says, he's responsible for um, a lot of the technology that exists in, in multi-track recording studios today because he started out as a kid uh, with an affinity and a talent for electronics. Oh. And, yes, a guy, uh, I forget his real name, but he went by the name of Chubby Checker, um, put him to work to build a, a recording console. And in the end, well, not in the end, actually, in the, in the course of his career, he started the label Buddha Records because he got the nickname Little Buddha because he was kind of paunchy. So uh, Preston went on and on. And then later he became a member and a, a, a director of the US, United States Psychotronic Association. And this connects to, um, drum roll, please, the uh, <laughs> the uh, Philadelphia experiment. <laughs> yeah, that was the sim- that was the symbol. Very good. You said, you said it very triumphantly. Yes. Um, thank the you. Philadelphia okay. experiment. Good old, good old Philly. Philadelphia yeah. experiment. Oh my no. God, I love, I love so, that. Yeah. Um, so he and um, Al Bielik teamed yeah. up because uh, and and Duncan Cameron. Um, they, they uh, have their connections, right? Well, it goes on in, in his musical career that he teamed up or was aware and worked with, um, again, Mr. Mark Hamill. Whoa. Yes. Interesting. And yes, the connection goes on where he went to work for George Lucas and he's responsible for creating the THX um, circuitry that is known throughout the world as THX sound. Whoa. Right. So, and I guess in the book, he mentions how George, Mr. Lucas, um, hired him and fired him several times because he was quite persnickety about things when it came to uh, whatever he wanted in the process, in the production of the Star Wars films. And so um, this this connection between um, uh, Mr. Hamill, Mr. Lucas, uh, Star Wars uh, series, and now through you, I didn't even know there was a connection between he and David Lynch because I just recently, and you noticed this because I noticed through you that you were a, uh, an avid Lynch Twin Peaks fan, right? Oh, yes. 
So I'm like watching Twin Peaks last year for the very first time. Oh, cool. I didn't know anything. I actually, I saw Eraserhead in like 1979. Love that movie. I did yeah. not know anything about Jack Nance just dying recently. I didn't know. And I recognized him in all the subsequent movies, right? So I have this, this predilection for David Lynch production, his sensibilities. And by the way, your impression of David Lynch was so spot on. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're definitely channeling. So anyway, there's there it is again, in a huge nutshell. Um, this this interesting connection that you bring dude, up, dude. Did you? So, what are your thoughts of the series? What are your thoughts? Oh, I I didn't realize he was. I didn't realize first, even though I intuitively maybe perhaps subconsciously i was vibing on mr lynch's his sensibilities as far as accessing the quantum and oh my then he started a transcendental meditation center in berlin because he was very much into uh that which you know somehow translates over into his his artistry his work yeah I mean, from Mulholland Drive, time time travel in uh, Inland Empire. I mean, it's implied, but it isn't blatantly, grossly depicted like a lot of, and I'm not criticizing, a lot of other productions that overtly just imply that there is time travel. Lynch does it in a very subtle and artistic way, in my opinion. Yeah. That doesn't kind of like, throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, when it comes to uh, communicating the sense that there is such a thing as traversing backward, forward, and sideways in time. Well, it's cool, too, because in the whole, throughout the whole time, he never once tries to describe any of his projects or anything. He just honestly, he puts so much thought into this. And I love how people call him the, the what is it, the sur a, a surreal Mr. Rogers, like Mr. Rogers of <laughs> surreality or something. Yes. Um, he, the way that he's like, never, he never, you know, there's that phrase showing without telling. So he, he's not, he's, he's letting the audience figure out what's going on. You know, he puts so much thought into what's do, what he's doing there and he goes, okay, audience, it's up to you. You figure it out. And I love it because it makes so much sense because people like him, uh, Andy Kaufman, another one of my huge influences, and these guys, Transcendental Meditation, they go up into that land of the unknown. They're connecting with all that is. And then it's like, whoa. And then the art that they're creating, no wonder why it flies over everybody's head because these people just came down from, you know, the higher mind from the fifth dimension with all of this, you know, the smoothie of all this cosmic wisdom. And here they go and they blend it all up and, and they serve it in whatever their art form is. And people are going, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to do with this information. I've never been introduced to this before. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I like that. Like I like the the smooth the allusion to smoothie the Vitamix of uh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah Vitamix, oh but, yeah definitely yeah, is a def as def it's stirring up a lot of things yeah <laughs> it's, it really is it really is and people are like I don't understand what is, what is the point of what this person just did or whatever it's like okay. It's a mood. It's a thing that's happening. The whole the whole point of the whole thing is to is to actually see whether you can test your patience enough to just live in that unfolding of that process. Let's just see if you can handle that. 
without, you know, trying to compare it to other things that are out there in the world. This thing is its own world unto itself. And now what are you going to do about it? <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah. It's so fun. He just, they just, he just like, David Lynch is so unapologetic in what he's doing. It's just, it's so great. He's like, I'm not waiting for anybody to catch up with me. This is, these are the visions I have. And you may take 25 years to unravel um, what I came across, you know, that long ago, or you may not, but you know, those Easter eggs are there for you to, to figure out. And I wonder how much stuff he really weaves in there that is even deeper than anybody has explored well, yet. In answer to, in answer to your question, how, how did I find Twin Peaks? Because yeah. I was really, I, it's not that I was like turned off or put off. I just decided not to watch Twin Peaks or Wild at Heart or anything after Mulholland Drive. Oh, right. Because I was just like, okay, I've, I've reached my peak, I guess. Yeah. And then, but then I saw Inland Empire. And then last year with Twin Peaks, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's talking about this geographic area that remi reminds me actually the trigger was ended up being this reminds me of mount shasta this reminds Ooh. me of these spots that i had been to recently and it, the, the double r diner oh yeah and i looked at it i go that's the high low cafe in weed whoa the, the, the twin peaks to me were mount shasta and shastina like, because he's talking about time travel these episodes i'm like and he's talking about the extraterrestrial tonight. he's got this guy that's like in the air force that's got this knowledge and i'm like whoa i thought this was going to be just some like hokey run of the mill like david lynch goes mainstream but little did i know and in my ignorance i was just judging it before i even saw it and now i'm like Jody Foster in the middle of contact going, I didn't know. I, I, didn't, know. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh my God. There's so many little Easter eggs, so many little nuggets in there that it's just, oh my gosh, it's so much fun just to, um, you know, and then plus they released all these other books that it's like supplemental material. And then you start seeing references of that in, in, in Twin Peaks. And you're going, oh my gosh, it's so cool. That was in the, you know, in this secret, like they released Laura Palmer's secret diaries. So you could read that and see what went on in her brain. And then they had these Dale Cooper tapes, these personal tapes of his. So you can order these. Um, I still have the cassette tape somewhere. And you can listen to those on YouTube. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. It's such a, such a deep, such a deep rabbit hole. And I love the fact that you saw the parallels between them, that Mount Shasta, because, you know, which is interesting because this, this is a great time to ask you about the sightings that you've had out there in Mount Shasta. I've seen on your TikToks the, the various UFOs that that would fly past out there. Um, I, I somehow believe that you've probably had a lot more than just the few that we saw on TikTok. Um, well, uh, it, it, that's funny you ask, and I appreciate it because last night um, I was presented a piece of evidence that I don't know if it should be linked up to, but it definitely has my head spinning and, and Laurel's head uh, in a similar, I think she probably has a little bit more together than I when it comes to uh, putting the, connecting the dots because she presents to me uh, this jacket that she had gotten for me because uh, 
I just, I needed it. She thought, and I'm really grateful that she got me the jacket. But uh, when I came back to visit, she showed me this piece of, it's like a crystal that has inlaid in it metal. And I have no knowledge that there exists a technique of, or met in metallurgy. This is great. Jewelry. Yes, I saw that photo. Oh my gosh, yeah. that thing looks like a relic. That thing looks like 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 something that is extraterrestrial dare i say <laughs> yes, may, yeah. because i don't i have not a clue but there exists in that piece that came out of the jacket pocket that that i only wore maybe several times throughout the course of my visit and did nothing but she shows me this and i go wait that was in the jacket pocket don't you think i would have at least said where did this come from or how is this like because it yeah. was so exquisite and it's like design and it and it looks so ancient it had me thinking like okay this is a great cosmic joke because i didn't put it there she didn't put it there what put it there. oh yeah i was i was you know wait i was waiting for sal to get here um so working the weird shift i do i i just decided i better stay up because he's arriving to detroit metro um in the morning saturday morning so I just stayed up from getting out of work at second shift. And, and I says, I'm going to do laundry. Yeah. I want to find all this stuff to do in the meantime. And I'm, I wanted to wash the jacket for him. So it was fresh for him when he got off the plane and um, it's cold is like, it was 18 degrees. Whoa. Yeah. Here in Michigan. So I'm doing the laundry. So I check in pockets and the right pocket has got, you know, receipts and paper and gum wrappers. And, and I pull all this stuff out and I'm, I just set it on the desk and, I, and, but this one piece, I was like, what the heck is this? He must've picked it up off the ground. Whoa. And I was like, and I asked him, I said, sweetie, where's the, what, what is this? And he's like, I've never seen it before in my life. And I'm like going, what? Oh my God. Your jacket pocket. This Whoa. came out of, your pocket, you know, b before I wash this jacket. Um, and I, I thought he was going to say, oh, well, I was, and I just found it on the ground. And it, no, it wasn't the case. He'd never seen it before in his life. And I never seen it before. So we're just scratching our heads over here going, oh my gosh. Well, now, now I feel compelled. Can I use one of these photos as the photo for the cover photo for this podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I'm just getting that vibe right now that that would be the perfect photo for the cover of this podcast episode because because it is so magical and mystical. And you know what would be so interesting? What's immediately popping in my brain is what would be interesting is to come across is is you know I'm sure between us some some we one of us knows someone who has that special superpower where they put their hands on some kind of thing and they go, you know, and they all of a sudden they get those senses just flooding in of, of the, of what that thing is and, and it's history. And there's gotta be someone, sometimes people could just look at a photo and suddenly think about it. So maybe we'll get some of those, the people who see the photo of, of this thing, they'll go, Whoa, all right. That's an Arcturian you know, gemstone from the crown of a, you know, <laughs> you're like, what the heck? Right? Yeah. The thing looks like it's made of gold. It's gold. It's not tarnished. Gold set in some kind of stone. 
it looks like something from like the Stargate, you know, like that movie Stargate. It looks like one of those kinds of like things that they would have back then, like a, a key that will open a portal or something, or like a, um, or, or like one of those things, like in Indiana Jones when he puts that specific that stone in the staff, <laughs> and then the the light shines through. I mean, maybe that's what's happening. Is this is like an Easter egg to follow up on, and go, all right, well. Who knows? This might be leading you to some some freaking hidden uh, 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 spaceship somewhere, you know, that like this is the key that opens that spaceship. And then all of a sudden, surprise, your star family's inside. They're like, we've been waiting here for centuries. We knew you'd <laughs> arrive. <laughs> yeah, we knew you'd find point. us. Yeah. You're going, God, what took you so long? Yeah, what took you so long? <laughs> Like we're so happy you followed you followed the the secret of the stone, you know. <laughs> it might be cool to get one of those macro lenses on that thing just to see the detail, like the really up close detail of that. Because that, I mean, that is very puzzling. That's very puzzling. I'd be just as uh, 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 like what astonished as you two are in finding that. I like to put it in one of those, what do they call it, gas spectrometer or whatever that they use like on forensic files and all those shows. Oh, yes. 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 Wow. And then position. Ooh, and then maybe run it through like one of those x-ray thing. I don't know if this is the same thing you're talking about. I'm getting visions of like, remember when they found that that piece under that huge space under uh, a pyramid that was like the size of an airplane? plane hanger or something remember when they found that they had yeah. a special machine it might be interesting you, you see inside there's like a living being is just waiting to hatch it's just like <laughs> oh my god there's something yeah. there's something Nothing. curled up like it's in it's in meditation it never died it's still meditating it's this thing from another dimension and it's just waiting to hatch oh, dude when you take did you send a picture of the profile of it it looks like something laying in its own mummification or, or like a, you it's found a sarcophagus my friends we said the same sarcophagus word at the same exact time oh my god you did we did we said sarcophagus at the same time at the same yes, exact we did. time oh my god of course we did okay that's it that's it <laughs> this is it this is one of those easter eggs that are that are our um, spiritual, our, our prankster spiritual selves left as an Easter egg for these versions of our, uh, our, our earthling selves to marvel oh, at. And I mean, that's it. That's got to be it. You, yeah, you've got yourself a, a, a living being inside there somewhere. <laughs> no, no, no doubt. Well, it, 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 it definitely, um, on handling it and looking at it very closely, um, it gives off something. I mean, whether I'm reading into it or not does not matter right now. Right. It is so for the just let alone all the beautifulness of its shape and its design and texture, how it got into our hands through that pocket still remains a complete mystery. I have no recollection of ever picking up anything and neither does Lorel. And so that mystery kind of relates to another story that, and I'll be really brief because I was a janitor one time in the late nineties and I went to McDonald's for lunch. And when 
I got my change back. I just put it in my pack in my pocket. I didn't think of it at all. And then when I reached in my pocket and I felt the change, there were three steel pennies from 1943. And being a fan Dude. of the experiment, right? Do you see? Dude. Yeah. Dude. Okay. I'm thinking this is a good time now to write a movie called Pocket Portals. And it's about <laughs> Sal Garza who keeps finding portals in his pockets. And these various <laughs> things keep emerging out of nowhere. He's like, what the hell is this? Okay, it's all right. Like... <laughs> this takes pocket pool to a new... Um... Yeah, everyone thinks you're... It's like, Sal, he's always got his hands in his pockets. You're like, hold on, hold on. I got a good one down here. And he put, you pull out like a handful of these, like, these golden coins from like Egypt or something. They're like, where did that come from, Sal? He's like, my, your, my, my pocket portal. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. Um, summertime. <laughs> Coming to a theater near you. Pocket portals. <laughs> it's summertime. His pockets are full. <laughs> People are always asking him to hold things, and he's like, look, I'm telling you. It's kind of bottomless, yes. Okay, so yes, I can hold anything in there. But but I don't know where it goes after I put it in there. I don't know. You know, I might be dropping this off in a prehistoric time. You know, I don't know if I'm damaging the environment in another, you know, dimension. If this is littering, I don't know. Am I going to get in trouble by the interdimensional, you know, litter police? You know, that would be kind of funny. Someone's like, oh, just go ahead. Just put the gum wrapper in there. Come on, Sal. Put the gum wrapper in there. Come on. What's the problem? It's a portal. Who cares, who cares where it goes? And you're like, I don't know. I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about this. Come on, Sal, baby. Come on. You're like, all right, all right. And you just, and you're like, okay, that's miraculous. Like it just, and all of a sudden you get a knock on the door from like the interdimensional litter police. Like, ah, uh, did you throw this gum wrapper in, you know, dimension five X three nine? I don't, I, I don't think that was me. Oh my God. Pocket portal. And of course, the orbs will make lots of guest appearances. Wouldn't that be cool to shoot a movie and then the orbs are just like there? There they are. They're always on set. Oh, yeah. There is a Netflix program. I swear they must have tapped into it. And there is an, there's actually two Netflix programs. It's called uh, Julie and the Holograms. And the other one is called Art Altered Carbon. Mm. And they pick up the orb phenomena and they actually display it, display it in um, in uh, altered carbon. It's oh. very blatant, the, and it's done very tastefully. And altered carbon is about how in the future, people are uploaded into, um, I forget the term they described bodies as like, not vessels or not sheaths, but there's a there's a term that they apply because um, the science or the mastery of of cloning is perfected, mm -hmm. and there is it's a mystery because it's about murder and there's probably the love angle too. But I didn't really get into it so much. But when I stumbled upon it through a friend's housemate, yeah, go ahead. Huh? What? I'm listening. Oh, I thought you said dude. I thought maybe you had something to oh, say. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. 
Sometimes I say dude because that's my my reaction to something that's phenomenal. Oh, just yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> I know. Okay. You're, you're punctuating it. Yes, I get it now. Um, that happens here a lot. Punctuation <laughs> from the from the orbs and or um, well, I'm not going to go into great detail, but it's um, it's perfect timing. So mm -hmm. thank you. So anyway, that uh, altered carbon. I'm not plugging it. I just accidentally or serendipitously or coincidentally or synchronously uh, happened that and Julia and the holograms, they all reference orbs and Ooh, wow. lives and um, spirits or post-non-corporeal activity. Wow. That is cool. It's cool when you see these these shows, you know, kind of unapologetically talking about these subjects. And now in terms of so, OK, so, Laurel, you were talking earlier about and I want you to tell the story about the silhouette. I mean, this is so amazing because there you, you, you know, we were talking about tentacles earlier. We've there there is a vast amount of different paranormal experiences between between you two. And I want to see I want to keep dipping in here and finding out. Um. Just, just the mechanics behind each of these things. So can, if you can recall the story again of, of when you saw your grandpa's silhouette in the light at night. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was it was just, you know, waking up out of a dead sleep because um, Spanky was just going off. He was alerting me that there was something there that's not usually there. Um, and then I woke up and you know, I'm watching his, the expression on his face as he's looking over the back of the couch, wide-eyed, pupils dilated, and barking. And I turn around and I look and I'm like, wow, what? You know, rubbing my eyes. Is there something in my eye? <laughs> I And rubbing my eyes and looking and it's still there. And I'm looking and I'm making out the form and the shape and I'm like, this is reminiscent of my grandfather. Um, and I'll give you. said he was leaning on the counter? Yeah, he was leaning with his right, it'd be his right elbow, you know, his hip out because he's not like sideways. He's like three quarters. So, his, you know, his hips kind of leaning out like that silhouette of somebody leaning on the counter, like half looking at the goldfish, you know, half observing other things possibly but looking down like the head was looking down into the goldfish and you know it brings me to a few nights after that happened hmm. I was sound asleep here and I wake up and my mouth was like so dry it was the driest I it's like I could have spit cotton balls in the midair right Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I got to get a drink of water. This is like 911. <laughs> I got paper mouth or something, you know? Yeah, we're like really thirsty. You're like, I need right. I need to drink that water now. Yeah, so I get up and I and I used to have a water cooler out in the kitchen. And I get up and go out there and wait a minute, my goldfish is not in the bowl. What? It's gone. And I'm like, I, it's like I, I woke up, immediately got up. I have to get water now. Oh, my right? gosh. 
And I'm looking at the fishbowl and I look over at my parrot at the time, Ruby. I'm looking, did you? No, he couldn't have got the fish because he's in his, no, even though I always left his cage door open so he could come and go to the top of his play area and go back into his cage. He was in his cage. Did you do something, Ruby? No, it wasn't Ruby. Where's the goldfish? And I'm starting to look down at my feet. And mind you, I haven't gotten any water yet. And I'm looking at the, my feet, making sure I didn't accidentally step on a goldfish that jumped out of the bowl. And I'm like, where is this fish? And so right next to the counter was the garbage. Oh. Look in the garbage. There's my goldfish. Oh. He's still alive. And I just oh. changed the garbage. So it was like oh. a fresh bag. Oh, God. And his tail's like sticking up sideways, shaking. And I'm oh. like, grabbing him like, buddy. And I plopped him back in the fishbowl and he starts swimming. And I was like, there oh. is a fine example, Kurt, of spirit waking you up. Yes. So yes. spirit was out there checking out the goldfish or not. Oh, my gosh. It woke me up with the worst case of dry mouth that I've ever had, ever, Whoa. that I could really You got to wow. get up or it was the fish conveying to me, I need water. I now. was just thinking of that. That just popped mm -hmm. into my brain. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I ran oh. out there and finally finding him, grabbed him by his tail and plopped him back in the bowl and he swam like nothing ever happened. Whoa. And then I was like, oh my gosh. So it took a while to process in the middle of the night. I was like, wow, what just happened here? As I got my water and... Yeah, that, that was a weird one. Um, so that was either the fish, I would say probably the fish waking me up. Wow. So, now, what? Um, now, how many have you, since then, have you had more of those kind of paranormal experiences? Oh, wow. Yeah. I. Where you've seen beings or, I mean, or even extraterrestrials? Yeah, I just, like, the orbs are a constant, like, mm -hmm. um, they're like, like you could see them moving, you know, moving fabric, stuff like that. You know, if you've got a shirt hanging up or something on wow. a couch, stuff like that. Um, or just sitting here, you know, I like to sit in my bed a lot to read or do computer work or whatever. And seeing the comforter move. Um, the conversations. Or, or the conversations downloads oh yeah my grandfather yeah my grandfather getting in okay getting into i'm getting out of work i used to work at a car dealership mm. um and i don't do that anymore i don't advise it to anybody that wants to keep their sanity but <laughs> did that for eight years oh, and um, getting into my my car one day after work on a saturday I want to say, and my mind is in all different directions. I'm getting ready to drive a vehicle. All of a sudden I hear in my ear, this whistle right in my right ear. It's a lot. It's like, and there's nobody there, you know? Whoa. And it was my grandfather. Pay attention. Booming in my ear, you know, whistling gave, he used to do that whistle, you know, where you could wow. either put that really loud, put your fingers in your mouth and yeah. or yeah. without. Um, 
voices like that. Yeah, things of that nature I hear. Um, wow. And he talks, to, I talk to him all the time. He talks to me and I have to get a backstory on this because things have come to light in the in the recent years, months. But so I was raised by my uh my dad's parents from an infant pretty much mm-hmm. um and they were like my they were like my parents they were the acting parents so when i was really little now my grandfather is a card he's just hilarious and because i was so little i gave my grandparents their names and those names stuck with them through their whole lives and his name was gumpy <laughs> i love it because I couldn't say grumpy, you know? Uh-huh. So his name was always Gumpy and it stuck. I love it. Well, as time went on, of course, you know, he was born in what, 1923? And he got sick and um, with pancreatic cancer and he suffered for a little bit with it. But um, I got the call, he was passing. He was, and I was like, and he was like my favorite human being. He was my favorite because he was just so hilarious. Um, very interactive personality. And he was very talkative. Love people. Um, and so I remember leaving my leaving my house and getting to it was like a like a half hour drive and getting that call from my dad saying he's not doing good. We don't know what's gonna happen. Getting there and actually be able to see him sitting up in the bed and being normal. I I was there maybe five, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Um, and the nurse, the machines are going nuts. Um, and the nurse says, okay, everybody who's here, you better come close because this is it. And he went from being normal one minute to his heart failing in the next. Mm-hmm. And I remember everybody gathering like, all around the bed, my grandmother, my father, my uncle. Um, and I'm like, oh my God. And they're, I just swung around to the side of the bed, grabbed his hand and realized he's, he's going right now. He's going. And looking around in this, in this particular shot in time, if you were just to take a still shot and realizing and all this stuff coming in at you, I'm looking around and my family, they're there, but they're, they're, they're suffering in their own grief at this moment, I guess you could say. And I'm looking at my grandfather and he's just scared. You know, he's di- The man is dying. He's le- leaving his physical body at this point in time. Mm. I have a hand and I kneel over the bed and I'm like inches from his face and I watched his, his, his eyes were big. He was scared. And I said, it's okay, Gumpy. You're going to be fine. Let go. Just let go. You're going to be fine. You're going to see. You just wait. You're going to be fine. Just let go. And I'm stroking his hand. And, and he passed. I watched his eyes go out of focus and dilate. And he was gone. And I, in his last words, he had last words. And he said, thank you. He could barely push those words out, but he said, thank you. Wow. 
And I look around and it was just surreal. It was like, I look around at my family and they weren't like, I was like present with him. I was right there with him, looking into his eyes, inches from his face, kneeled right over him, had a hold of his hand. Don't be scared. It's going to be fine. You just let go, let go, let go. You're going to be fine. You watch, you wait, you see, you're going to be fine. And when, and I look back and just everybody was sobbing, their heads were down. And I'm like, you guys, hey. And I was calm. I was like, I was in a state of relief at that point. Like, oh my God, you know, like this is, wow, I'm relieved because he's not suffering anymore. Um, And I said, hey, you guys, did you hear what, did you hear what Gumpy said? Did you hear his last words? And everybody was like, they kind of came to out of their stupor of sobbing. And I said, he said, thank you. Gumpy said, thank you. Those were his last words. And I just sat back in the chair that was next to the bed. I dropped his hand, sat back in the chair and was just like relieved and calm as a cucumber. And I look over at my uncle across the bed. He's just still, he's still, he's poor guy. Um, Beside him, just sobbing and, you know, snot rolling out everywhere and just sobbing. He's a mess. And I started laughing hysterically and it wasn't, it was like something I wouldn't do. Okay. And I, even as it was happening, I was in my mind going, I cannot believe I am laughing at my uncle who's very hurt that he just lost his father. Mm. And I realized what had happened at that point and what still happens every day <laughs> around the clock from the day that that event occurred is my when my grandfather left his physical body he was there and he literally entered me for a few seconds and he was laughing because he realized that he didn't die that there's no such thing as death wow that's incredible and at the time, I was really young. I was, what, in my early 20s. And I didn't, I had no idea that I was literally channeling the man. And I had to leave the room because I was just laughing at, at my uncle, or so I thought I was laughing. But it wasn't, it was like I was witnessing it from a different perspective when it happened. Whoa. So I left the room, just pacing outside, smoking cigarette after cigarette, going, what just happened in there? I'm laughing. Why am I laughing? And and then I figured out what had happened. Because every day, I I hear him. He's there. He's he, When I'm driving a car, he's like, one day I heard a, a phrase, you know, I'm on my way somewhere. And... He's like, get your head out of the clouds. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's great. Get, your, get your head out of the clouds. And that was something that he used to say. And I totally forgot that phrase that he used to say when you weren't paying attention. Get your head out of the clouds. Are you listening to me? Um, things of that nature. Um, I hear him all the time and I talk back and forth. And that's one of the orbs that is a constant wow. with me. 
And the orbs have their own signature. If you watch their size and their flight and their brightness, and and the, Sal and I kind of figured that out a little mm -hmm. bit in some of the videos. He's he's the bigger orb. He's like really big and kind of slower moving. I mean, he can he can really fly around, but he's slower moving, but he's always present, um, always around, obviously. And and uh, the the dog Spanky, he's the one that does like the the little beelines and the he arcs a lot and he's he's real zoomy and he's almost like a little LED light zooming around that's just all over the place at once. But you know, and especially when you got little little furry furry child there who is seeing the very same thing that you're seeing. You know, those are those things that you can't. You know, you're like, oh, okay, you know, here's another reassurance. And especially, I mean, that must have been exciting for you to be able to share your orbs. Like, hey, check it out. They, and for Sal to be there and go, oh, my gosh, this is so cool to see. And then for you to see the, the orbs that Sal is acquainted with, and you're going, this is amazing. Now, when have you sensed when you're over at each other's houses, do you sense a familiarity with the other orbs that, that you see in front of you? Oh yeah, that you know they're definitely communicating. Yeah, there's there's a sense of, of, um, it's always it, it's a feeling of great love and, um, just appreciation and gratitude that these these little balls of light emit, um, and when they're around, you know them letting you know that they're around, <laughs> um. <laughs> Sometimes you'll feel that gratitude come through too, and appreciation. Um, yes. <laughs> are you? Over yeah, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, coming together like that, you know, we see even more in one in one area than I would normally see on my own. Or uh -huh. he would see on his own. It's like they're multiplied. There's more. Um, there's more around. Yeah, definitely. It's incredible. I was shooting a. Um, I was shooting a uh, like a very low budget sci-fi film about these friends who go off camping, and then one of them disappears, and then they end up finding him like two days later, and he's later, and he's like, Ugh. he's like freaked out, and you end up finding out he was abducted you know, during the night. But what was interesting was the place where we were shooting this thing. Um, any of the photos that were taken on the set, there were orbs all over the place. It was so awesome to see like, Oh my God, all these orbs are here. And it, just, it was just so cool, especially since it went along with the fact, you know, of the subject matter, which was extraterrestrials. And um, so it was just really, really cool to see those orbs. And as far as I know, well, you know, I've, I've seen orbs in pictures throughout the years I have. You know, it's so crazy because I, I just think that I never really, really realized that there was something to really look at and consider and really uh, and think about. I, I'm sure the two of you, if you look back through old photos, you'll probably see a lot of orbs in them, huh? Oh, speaking of, yes, I was going through a bunch of old photos. And, I, and Sal and I was showing Sal, you know, I'm showing to Sal like past features of my life, basically, and all the old, you know, regular photographs. And, and I've got, there's, there's a picture in my old living room of my two Rottweilers and they used to roughhouse 
um, Astro and she, they used to rough house and play and it was so fun to watch them play. <laughs> and I was, sna- I guess that day, snapping pictures of them playing and in the air, there were orbs like crazy. Wow. And this was after, this was too after my grandfather passed away in 97. So I imagine some of that was him because um, there's, the, you know what I mean? But there were orbs in that photo. And again, they're, they're attracted to action. And your friend Steve said they're mongers. The, the spirit is a monger. They're attracted to energy, um, you know, high energy and things of that nature. So the dogs in the photo playing and being excited and happy and wow, in their best attracted more, attracted them in. So wherever you find action, happiness, excitement, you're going to see those orbs because they're they're attract. They're just they're mongers. And I love it because it's like it's such a symbolic representation of, as they say, like all that is or source. Like when you really get into touching the 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 core of what that is, it's it's, it's excitement, it's love, it's it, joyfulness, it's satisfaction, it's all those things that you're just like, wow, this is like this is great. I'm on floating on a cloud. So, so when we living, feel those, huh? Yeah, when you're living in the moment. Yeah. Because when they say when you're depressed or you're sad, you're in the past, right? Right. When you're, right. Anxious, when you're anxious or afraid, you're living in the future. Yes. So think about it. When you're laughing, you're living in the moment. Yeah. When, when those dogs were, were playing and roughhousing and wrestling each other, they were living in their moment. And that's where you'll find the orbs. When you're I love that. It's so great because it's like it's the it's like the universe. It's like the unseen kind of making itself visible going. Yep. 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 You know what? That's right. You're on. You're on to something. Um, I'm curious. So, (laughs) Sal, is there specific music that you play that you can find where you're like, okay, this is the groove and this is bringing about the orbs. Are, Are there specific frequencies that you play? That's funny you ask because, um, while, uh, Laurel was, giving a descriptor of what was going on, what has been going on in her ongoing dialogue with her grandfather, I was slipping into a zone, AKA falling asleep, but I was like in between and she, she caught me holding the cell phone. It was actually, I was, cause I'm holding it up <laughs> and, and it started like slowly, like, <laughs> like a balloon. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm present. Oh my God. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Cause I, I really, I was really going into something, some other realm. Well, and it like, makes sense. It makes sense. It's like, we're in um, the uh, TP smoking the peyote. We're like, Oh, we're communing with the great spirit. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> as far as frequencies uh, go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh um it actually it i don't think it matters if sometimes you know and i don't mind and it's really cool because i'll see on tiktok people say 432 528 916 you know and i'm like you know i don't i don't think there is a specific frequency as long as there is attached to that 
particular wavelength. What she was saying earlier, if you're depressed, you're in the past. If you're in the future, you might be anxious. So being in the now, which, you know, it's always like we're anticipating it and we ca capture that second or whatever that instantaneousness is. We, we, we latch onto it, but then it slips into the past. So we want to stay in that without grabbing at it or, 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 or holding on to it. So it doesn't go to the past. We kind of let it go and allow ourselves to flow into that state where you don't go, but you just are. And perhaps that it's not so much about a certain number or frequency as it is your intention that is set and allows for whatever frequency to occur, whatever note you wish to express, as long as there's that, you know, part of you that's saying, yes, I'm allowing for this to be and keep that joy or that intent of being in a joyful, loving, accepting, embracing. And I hate to go there, but I don't mind really. It, I, I go back to that once section in um, the movie Slaughterhouse Five, where he's addressing this audience. Billy Pilgrim's going back and forth in time. He's slipping in time. Oh, yeah. The Tralfamadorians allowed him to do that. They gave him that grace of, of time travel. So he's always experiencing his death. He's always experiencing his birth. He's always experiencing every single point in time of his life. And he's addressing this audience. And then the next thing you know, that guy, what's his name? Lazardo comes and like blows him away with the gun. He's like, don't ever, don't ever fuck with me. <laughs> it was, I can't remember what exactly the words were, but he's like, he's saying, hello, goodbye. Hello, goodbye. Always embracing, always embracing. Hello, goodbye. And then he gets killed. Oh my God. And I'm just like, wow. He was still in that joy moment of joy, <laughs> and and Laurel just gives gives me this book with the title "Hello Goodbye." Selected poems by Oh my, incredible Bob Brill. Yeah, good friend of mine. He's in his eighties. I think he's almost ninety now. <clears throat> he's got this excellent book of poetry, and it's called "Hello Goodbye: Selected Poems." Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Excellent writer, and as he was saying that, I mean, I've got books galore, but I pulled this, I just pulled this book out to show him when he was saying hello, goodbye, oh hello, my goodbye. god, I love that synchronicity, I love it. And I bet you, I would not be surprised if we, if we randomly opened up a page to that and it accurately described something that we were speaking about previously. I bet you there'd be a poem in there if you just went and picked one, I go. bet you it would completely relate to maybe There's something we've been talking about. All right, here we go. Oh, yeah. three. Hello, goodbye. Page 41. That's all oh. it says. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 41. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Dude. Ladies and germs. <laughs> Ladies and germs, we got three. Three. Double colon. Hello, goodbye. That's what it opened up to, page 41. 
Oh my gosh. It says hello, goodbye. I mean, this is incredible. It's like we just time traveled. We, we, by that symbolic representation, we actually successfully did it. We have now clicked over to another parallel version of us in a preferable reality. I, I love it. I think we just found a portal. I think, I think we just found a portal, folks. Okay. <laughs> I mean, how cool is that? The fact that he's talking about hello, goodbye, hello, and all of a sudden, bam, you pull off that book and then bam, the page you just happen to open up to. There it is. And 41. Number four, three. What's interesting is four plus one is five. And five, okay, so 32, 23, uh, 41, 14, different variations of, of five. That is, as Bashar says, the five and 23 and 32, all the different versions of that um, is a symbolic representation of synchronicity. And so, also get this. It says, it says three, double colon, hello, goodbye. And if you add the 41 and three, you get the eight, which is the infinity. I love and I love infinity so much. I love eights. I love every time I see eight, I think of infinity. I love the fact you pointed that out. Oh, my God. Of course you did. Astounding. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna oh. read this. this opens up if you flip the page that the only thing on it says hello goodbye and I flip the page over there's a poem called rent a poet and it reads 10,000 voices are screaming to peel the dollars off your hide kiss nagging back pain goodbye but hurry this offer will expire soon join our crusade to make the world a better place and we'll send you a handsome tote bag Bearing our logo, donate now. Shut out those voices and listen to a sweeter tune. Call Rent-A-Poet. Invite a real live poet into your home to reconnect you with the beauty of the world. Of course, my offer can be perceived as one of 10,000 voices, but hey, it's a quid pro quo world and I've got to eat too. For a couple of bucks, I'll read you some poems. I can also mow your lawn before the dandelions launch their seeds or rake your gorgeous leaves. When they drop from the trees and in the dark and frigid time of year, when the icicles hang from the snow-capped roof and the snot freezes as it drips from your nose, I'll shovel the snow off your driveway, but only if you listen to some poems by Bob Brill. That's great. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's imagine it, like while you're while you're reading that, I was imagining Sales violin playing the soundtrack behind that. I just thought, wow, that would be great if that was an audio book. You know, he's playing the music behind you reading it. Now, Sale, yeah. you're um, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> now we're gonna have to go because this, this this is gonna kick us off in probably the next eight minutes. But I just want to say real quick, so Sale, the, tell me about the candlelight strings. And how people can get a hold of you to play for them. Actually, go ahead and tell them a little bit about can the candlelight strings. Sure. Um, well, let me preface that with um, because we're since we're going to be signing off pretty soon. I just wanted to thank you again for inviting us on your podcast yeah. because uh, we were just thank you. And and actually, uh, not only for inviting us onto your podcast, for but for inviting us into this realm you've created that you've co-created that has allowed synchronistically coincidentally serendipitously uh for us to all meet greet and somehow in the process of becoming complete this this whole uh wonderful romance of time um if i may quote which is an unbroken spontaneity of bliss this is uh this is a way of uh, confirming and affirming that 
there is no accidents and there is no coincidence. But... Yes. Oh, God, I love it. Oh, my God, that's so true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's just been a real kick, uh, to put it bluntly. Um, a real kick in the ass, and at the same time, um, without going without going into too much, um, Candlelight Strings was founded by Betty Byers. Betty Byers was a child prodigy violinist starting at age four, and comes from a family of uh, her brother is uh, at the time he ghosted for many of film in um, television and film. Um, Billy Byers was her brother and he went on because of his fame she was inspired by his uh abilities and her, with her own you know prodigious talent she was able to forge her way being one of the few very few females that paved the way for more females and especially females of color to become um studio session players actors performers in the arts uh, in the in the early '60s, uh, she started uh, her first film was *The Manchurian Candidate*. Strangely enough, uh, with uh, Frank Sinatra, so her career took her all the way to the pretty much the Matrix series in the late '90s. And afterwards, she decided to retire, quote unquote, and move up to the Central Coast of California, where I met her in 2004. At that time, I was pretty heavily involved with the industry. And um, so our meetup was no accident. And when I found out her, um, basically her track record, her street cred was just unparalleled as far as I was concerned. And so she decided to take me under her wing and make her uh, one of her uh, quartet members. And so we played all sorts of, wonderful events from like uh, my one of my first nicest uh, jobs ever was in Beverly Hills at the anniversary party of Marilyn and Alan Bergman who were was Hollywood's premier couple composer co composer couple like you name it and they were involved with it <clears throat> wow yeah uh, yes not to drop names but you know Barbara was there and and um, a number of notables, but I, I just remember Barbara Streisand for, for reals because it was like she was 10 feet away and her husband, who I thought was John Forsyth, but then I was immediately corrected and shut up and <laughs> shut up and, and played the, the music because I was just like so starstruck. As much as I thought that I was not, I, I couldn't help but just kind of start drooling wow <laughs> what anyway would, what would be your what would you say would be like some of your dream projects like would you like to do soundtracks for movies tv shows video games you know what... um yeah oh uh, funnily enough that you mentioned that because one of my best friends in the business albert fox he's he's composing right now for television and film and he occasionally because we're more friends than anything he will just kind of like casually say hey you know i'd like this kind of like Kind of like a, like a psycho type of re re, but not so much the re re, but like a long drawn out re. And I'm like, sure, Albert, I'll I'll be happy to. So I'll I'll show up with my fiddle and 
make some really squeaky sounds, kind of almost like cartoonish sounds, uh, because where he works is for um, Mark Mothersbaugh's uh, Mutata Musica. Oh, yes. wow. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. But I get to do funny sounds. I get to do um, things that I never thought I would do, because most of the time I'm reading a piece of sheet music and having to play as written. So there's not that much room for latitude, shall we say, insofar as creative expression goes. But when I'm with Albert, I get to kind of do what he wants me to do, but I get to interpret it or do it like as I kind of hear it in my mind's or ears, eye, eyes, ear, whatever. <laughs> my eyes, ear. That's right. <laughs> All in favor, say aye. Sorry. Okay. But uh, to make that long story longer, um, that's from, from playing the Kennedy compound to playing with uh, Mr. Fox and Ms. Byers. And now the most important thing right now is that if I may say, Laurel, um, my project is including and having um, the orbs. I love it. Um, and because I'm not going to flaunt or tout, but we both have musical inclinations along these lines. So oh, we're gonna this be, is great. We're going to be incorporating voice. We're going to be incorporating guitar. We're going to be incorporating... Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. And, of course, sub violin. And, yeah. More, this is more great. Oh, my gosh people could listen to this music as soundtracks like when they do like orb events you know like okay we're all gonna see orbs today let's roll the soundtrack you know or they hire you to show up to play it oh my god well listen this thing's gonna cut me off but i just want to say thank you so much for for saying yes and wanting to be on the on the show and sharing your dynamic stories and this has just been a blast and uh thank you so much for sharing so much of this and can i put in the description um your tiktok channels in case people want to click on them and f follow you yes absolutely and and thank you thank you kurt for having us on um very appreciative of this this time that we have oh my gosh you're welcome and uh so i'll i'll see you too on uh, i'll i'll be uploading this i'll be uploading this for you and then i'll let you know oh awesome Fantastic. great thank you all right thank you take thank care you. I'll talk to you you too bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. Hi, this is Nick Tierce, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. It's a face palm, a face palm, a balm of calm, like an napalm bomb. It's a face palm, a face palm, crumbly malm of loamy alms. And how soon do you think you to, to do it again? It's a face palm, a face palm. Here it come, Alms playing Brahms and prom. And how soon do you think you're to do it again? And the homes from Guam, qualms the cable comes. Are the Grom Rom diatoms glom in their moms? Face palm, a face palm, the book of psalms and rhymes and rhymes, and how soon do you think you'll do it again?
doing? This here's Tony Clifton. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina in the morning. How you doing there, Wise Finger Lab? I've been um, in Las Vegas. I've been hanging out with the chickies. You know, and I don't like what Zamuda's been doing. You know, he's been playing me. You know, and I don't look like Zamuda. I'm real tall. You know, Zamuda's a short guy, very short. And um, you know, Kaufman was more how tall I am. But yeah, that Kaufman man, he was. Yeah, what a poser, you know. So anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to y'all later.